0: Thank you, Abraham, for your kind words. Um, It's really great to be back here tonight. Uh, it's great to see some friends and some new people, welcome. Also, I know there's maybe some parents in this room tonight, so welcome. Also, supporting your children, uh, getting baptized later tonight, so really, welcome. So, we can just welcome them. Yeah. So, this uh, sermon series, we're actually doing it all together across the city, every nation one. We're on action now in seven congregations around Twanee. So that's from Mama Lordi, Moycliffe, all the way to the Murt, uh, Elias Park, the Linwood, and then Willow's here. So it's really a privilege to be back here. So uh, more than a year ago, core team, about 10 people, were sent from this service, from this congregation, to the Linwood congregation, to go and strengthen campus ministry. It's really been going well and really thankful for all your prayers, your support. And uh, it's, it's when I uh, got the call to come and preach, uh, I really felt humble. I'm like, sure, this is, I'm looking forward to this. I'm excited to, to preach. Uh, and uh, I really trust that the Word tonight will minister to you, uh, that God really work in this service tonight. Uh, he has already been working. And I uh, just want a quick note that don't disregard the coming together, the worshiping together, What God is doing in that moment can really define you, like God is speaking to you, and don't let that just go lightly. Um, Whatever God has spoken to you during this worship session, go take that into your week and and pray into it. So we are busy with a citywide series called Values, and uh, Values is so important because what we value define the decisions we make. If coffee is important and you value coffee, you're going to make time for coffee. Yes. If coffee is important, if, if things are important, if studies is a value, yes, you're going to study. You're going you're gonna to make time to get to your work, to get to your deadlines so that you can be excellent in your work. Uh, so all the parents are like, yes, let them value studies. But more specifically, what we're focusing on this cemetery is what is God's Values, are we ascribing values or is God the one that ascribes values? Is he saying this is important? And uh, tonight I have the privilege to preach on the value of discipleship. Now, last week Helgar did lordship here in the evening service, and now we're doing discipleship. So if you've maybe known the values off by heart, then you would say, no, it's lordship, then it's evangelism, then discipleship. What happened to evangelism? So we're we're removing that one. Um, we're no longer no. <laughs> no. So long story short, it just switched around. So next week you're going to hear evangelism. It's really just it, it. was a logistical reason, nothing more than that. Not like the discipleship is now more important than evangelism. That would be weird. So tonight about discipleship, and my topic for tonight or my title is follow. So follow, just one word. Follow so maybe say that to the person next to you follow follow. <laughs> follow now what what does follow mean okay so follow so maybe some of you think of maybe an Instagram account that you're following uh, I'm not sure if that is what you went to but what does follow mean and Don't want to keep you guys wondering, so I did Google it and I want to give you the definitions for follow. So, the first definition for follow is to go or come after someone or something. So, it's literally you are following someone else. If someone drives and you follow them, they are directing, you are following. So, that's the first definition. Second definition is follow means you act accordingly to someone. So, if you're following someone's actions, you are acting in accordance with how they do things, with how they uh, act. Uh, next one is follow, that you're paying close attention to someone. So if you're following a discussion, you're following, you're zooming in, you are focusing, you're paying close attention to. Or the last one I wanna highlight is to follow. It, it's almost like this terms of practice, it's a, it's a way of life. So you, you're following uh, maybe a diet. So you're following a strict diet. That's a way of, of following something. Uh, obviously, when we come to Scripture, what we want to follow or we, who we want to follow is Jesus. It's a following the way of Christ. It's acting in a way that's following Him. But we're going to get into that a bit more. So key verse of Scripture for tonight is Luke 9, verse 57 and we're going to read until Luke 10, verse 1. And there's a reason why I'm jumping chapters. Uh, don't worry. Uh, the numbers and the topics or the headings of Scripture was they added later. So we're, we're just reading Scripture. Okay, so we're going to read from Luke 57 to Luke 10, verse 1. So if you have your Bible, welcome to follow along. I believe it's on the screen. Faith is real. Okay, Luke 57. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them ahead of him, two by two in every town, and place where he, laid him, where he himself was about to go. Just going to read that for tonight. Let's pray together. His yes, Father, I thank you for your word that is profitable for teaching, reproof, training in godliness and righteousness, Lord. I pray that you would come and do that tonight, Lord, that, that through your word and the preaching tonight, Lord, at first you would be honored, Lord, But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the one that comes and do the work and that you are here. And I pray that you would do that. This is my request, God, that you would just come and reveal to us again your value for discipleship. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, quite an interesting scripture that we're choosing here, but I'm going to break it down uh, point by point. And this concept of follow, as we see, is Maybe you've heard this, but there's a cost to discipleship. And that's really my first point for tonight is that follow requires a payment. Now, what is a payment? A payment is something you pay for something in exchange. So there's a product or there's a service that you get, so there's a payment. So you're willing to pay for this. But when you read Scripture, in verse 57, it says, As they were going out along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, "Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head." Now, what Jesus is actually saying here is, if you choose to follow Me, there is going to be a payment. There's going to be a cost. There's going to be something that needs to be exchanged for you to do this, to follow Me. Now, what is happening here? Jesus is on his way. So most likely, he's on his way to Jerusalem. As they were going there, a person, a volunteer, someone volunteers themselves and said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And what Jesus is actually saying, is just saying, whoa, just be careful. Before you just say, wherever you go, do you know where I am going? And then he gives this metaphor of foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And I believe what Jesus is stating here for us is a lesson that we should follow slowly, follow carefully. If you are choosing to follow me, choose carefully. Don't just jump in it before you count the cost to follow me. And it's almost as like me and my wife, uh, we had a discussion today. If you're planning to go to Cape Town, you need to make a few calculations. It's it's not as cheap as it was 10 years ago, I remember a trick holiday, driving down, very easy. But now, petrol prices are a bit up, uh, different accommodation prices. So you need to count your costs before you can make that trip. Otherwise, you won't make it. We're going to get stuck in Bloemfontein. (laughs) But (laughs) Bloemfontein is also a great place. (laughs) It is not Cape Town. But we need to count the costs. Before we start this journey, follow slowly. Be careful, consider the cost. Actually, earlier in that chapter, it's where Jesus said, in verse 23, he said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. There is a cost to discipleship. There is a sacrifice. And uh, honestly, I have experienced the cost. Maybe you have experienced the gospel. Discipleship, it is not easy. It is difficult. It is uh, time consuming. It is effort. And uh, I reflect back and just about uh, the meetings I tried to arrange and the follow up conversation I'm like, hey, are you going to apply this? And then they said, yay, I am. And then next week they did not. And. Uh, or you try to arrange something and then someone just don't answer your, your phone or they uh, blue tick you on WhatsApp. And it's almost like you're getting this frustration. That's really my prayer tonight is that you again tonight count the cost. But following Jesus, it requires a payment. We actually don't know how this person responded. The scripture doesn't reveal if this person said, yes, I am in, I'm willing, because I'm, like, what, what Jesus said actually is that he is homeless. That's what Jesus is saying here. Uh, the birds, they have nests. The foxes, they have holes. But the Son of Man, he has nowhere to lay his it. head. So it's not saying that Jesus was poor, but it's saying that Jesus was homeless. And are you considering the fact that if you were following me and his disciples would follow Jesus, that they would not... Have a home. They would leave their homes. They would leave uh, all their plans, and, and really, there would be a consequence. And my question tonight for you is: What would your answer be to Jesus when he stated that statement? Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Are you willing to follow Jesus? You see, discipleship it requires a payment. We read on and we see another very confronting scripture in verse 59, where we see that following, it requires first priority. 59, it says, follow me, but he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So there's this concept where it sounds like It's no longer a volunteer. Like Jesus is calling someone, telling him, follow me. Then this person has an excuse. Now, what is this person's excuse? says, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Now, does that sound like a bad thing? No. Even Jesus in his scripture or in, in different gospels, you would see how Jesus would say, honor your parents, like honor them. And now it seems like Jesus is, there's like a bit of a conflict here of, of what is Jesus actually saying? Are we now for our parents? Should we go home? Should we not go home? Should I bury my father? But what Jesus is highlighting here is what is first priority. Now we can go into detail and in saying that this person said that he first needs to bury his father. Now we don't know if his father actually passed away and Jesus just knew this guy's just using an excuse. Okay? That's one option of interpreting that scripture. Another option is if you understand the context of uh, the, the Jewish culture, like the burial process it takes like a year. So from someone starts, like, starts to die, that's not the best way <laughs> of describing it. The person is dead. Now there's this process of funerals and celebrations and warnings and things. So the burial process, like a year later, there's another thing. It takes a year. And we can say that, that maybe that is what's happening here. And Jesus is just calling him out and saying, hey, you are making excuses. And even you, maybe here tonight, when, when God calls you to follow or to do something like saying, responding in a good way and saying, let me first just study for this exam. Right? That's a good thing. Studying for your exams and your taught classes, it's a good thing. Yes. Yes. You need to study. Just reminding all of you. And many times we place these things as excuses, and it's actually revealing what is first priority. What is your first priority when it comes to following Jesus? So we don't first study, then we can follow Jesus. That's not what God is calling us to. Is God is calling us to follow him and study. You hear the difference is that are oh, you honoring God with your studies? It's not the, you do the one first, and then you get to the second one. Is that you honor God, you follow God, and through that, you study well. What good things in your life is taking first priority? It can be exercise, healthy nutrition, friends, family, relationships. What good things in your life is taking first priority? See, following Jesus requires that following him is the first priority. Point number three is follow is focused on a person. Now, where am I getting that from Scripture? Verse 61, it says, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hands to the plow and look looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. There's this is person that says, I will follow you, but first let me go and say my goodbyes. Let me first go and say, uh, I'm going to do this. Now, what is happening is, Jesus is bringing in this concept of uh, oxen and plowing. Now, these days we have plow machines, so it's like, I know Nampu was now this week um, there's fancy machines and you press a few buttons and then it goes. It's, it's very organized, but usually it was more lo- hard labor. And very pre- much like that picture is the, the plower would have two oxen or one oxen and then you would have this, this mechanism of plowing and, and getting grooves. Now, if this person was focused on, on looking back and looking at, at where he was or what he has been doing, What would happen is, slowly but surely, it would get skewed. But what Jesus is saying, that a plow, what it looks is, usually it would either focus on a, a beacon, like a tree, or something in the distance. And as he's working, he's focusing towards that point. So the plowman know that he needs to have a focus point. Now, we can have a lot of focus points, but if our focus point is on someone like, let's say I want to be like Abraham. he looks like a great guy, um, that's not the best focus point, sorry Abraham. but we know that our focus is on a person and that person is Jesus and when we're focusing on Jesus and we're playing forward, we should not look back to our old life, to the things that we've been busy with, the values that we've had in our old life, we're focusing on the person, we're focusing on Jesus more than that, this person said, I will follow you, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And we all have these buts. That I, will, I will start a connect group once I have enough time. I will uh, go and reach out on campus once I have this in place. Or even, it can be good things like, I will do this once I've read through Matthew or have this Bible study. And we're using these excuses either knowledge or uh, time or talents that we don't have before we obey God? What is your but that you are using as excuse to focus on Jesus? What are you more focused on than Jesus? See, the focus is on Jesus, and, and that is why every other value that we do study flows from our first value of lordship. See, lordship is Jesus is first. See, th- there's nothing else but Christ. There's nothing else about him and worshiping him and letting him known, be known. Now, I know Alka preached about this last week, but if we don't settle the lordship thing, we can stop our discussions about any other values because Jesus is the one that aligns our values. And if we don't worship Jesus, what is our values going to look like? So just again, like our values flow from the person, from Jesus. He is preeminent. Now the focus is on Jesus. And as we're focusing on Jesus, there's something that's being produced. There's something that we become. As we, be, as we worship Him, whatever we worship, you become. And maybe you're thinking like, I want to be like that uh, celebrity. I was thinking of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo or, or Lionel Messi. Now there's a big debate I wanted to pic- put a picture of a goat there and ask the question, who is your goat? Okay, maybe we could translate that. Who is the greatest of all time for you? Who are you trying to become? Who are you are trying to be? Who are you, who are you comparing yourself to? You're, com- you're Comparing yourself to people that you know you're, you're going to miss out. And as I was praying and really uh, thinking about you guys, I believe that most of this, well, all of you actually, sorry, you're not fulfilling your full purpose. And I felt this word that God is saying, there is more, don't settle. There's more. And I believe that God is calling us that as we are focusing on him, as we're worshiping him, as we are beholding him, he is transforming us. And there's words that God says, don't settle. I don't care if you're 16 or 64, there is more. Don't settle on who you are at this moment, there is more. God is calling out you to live out your purpose, to live it fully. And the reason why I can say that is because Jesus (laughs) says it. Uh, We see in Luke 10, verse 1, it says that following Jesus, it delivers a product. Now, what does that mean? Delivering a product, that as we're following Jesus, Jesus is doing something. And we see the fruit of this in Luke 10 verse 1. He says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent him on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now, before this, maybe heard of the, the 12 disciples that Jesus called out, said, follow me, follow me. And here we see a a progression. So no longer is Jesus just focused on the 12 as there's now a 72 that Jesus is calling to go into the city where Jesus is gonna go and to minister, to be ministers. Now, I couldn't get any of their names. They were the unnamed 72 that obeyed Jesus. No special skills, no special calling, but they just obeyed Jesus and they went into the town. Let's see, when we truly follow Christ, what is the product that is being delivered? To see that Jesus, they were spending time with Jesus, and then Jesus was the one sending them. So you can't really follow Jesus, can't be a follower of Jesus without being sent by Jesus, right? And maybe if you are here tonight, if you did not realize that, this is maybe good news for you, like God wants to use you. It's not just here that you will receive the good news and be um, fed, and that is helpful to come to church and be fed. But if you are truly a follower of Christ, then you need to become like Him. Now, what did Jesus do? Jesus came. He seeked and saved the lost. Who are you becoming? Are you becoming like Christ? And, And there's this definition that we have of what is a disciple. See, a disciple is someone who lives by personal conviction of who Jesus is based on biblical truths, biblical truth and reproduces that in others. So that is a disciple. So my question, are you a disciple? You see, what disciples do is they follow Jesus and they make disciples. Mark 1 verse 17, Jesus said to the disciples, He said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. From the start, when Jesus called them, there was this this process that's going to take place. If you follow me, then I will make you fishers of men. See, in the 72 years, that the 72 was following Jesus, and then he's sending them out. And then he's saying that today also to the church. If we read Matthew 28, just a familiar scripture, it's also on the wall, but Matthew 28, 18, it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I believe if this was only for the 12 disciples, then Jesus wouldn't have said, behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. You see that just that bold there at the bottom is that Jesus saying, I'm with you, until the end of the age. See, that there's all authority that's been given to Jesus, and with this authority is given us the commission to go and make disciples. Now, the beautiful thing about this, if I put these two scriptures together, firstly, there was a volunteer that came to Jesus and said, I will follow you wherever you go. And the truth is we fall short. We don't do like Jesus did. We don't follow him like we should. Even the way we make disciples, we don't always do that second follow up because maybe you need just an off night. So you rather don't follow up because you want to just be calm at home and rest. But the good news here is that there's a promise that it's not about us following Jesus. It is that, but more than that is Jesus being with us. He says, Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And this is is the promise of God's presence. He said, As you're going and making disciples, I am with you. See, the presence of God is in your life. Now, you can decide how you're going to treat the presence of God. Are you going to go on with your own life, with your own values? Are you going to align it with Jesus? Are you going to align it with the things that he is blessing, with commissioning you to make disciples? See, there's a promise. There's a presence of God that is with you. And maybe a year tonight, and maybe when uh, I was in every nation, I started going to every nation my matric year, and uh, I used a lot of excuses to not make disciples. My my main one is I'm an introvert. So introverts, they don't talk to random people. Okay, all the introverts, let's see. All right, yes, I see you. Sorry for exposing all the introverts. And um, we actually had a sermon series about discipleship. And uh, I, I would have this excuse as, God, I know that you're calling the church to make disciples, but, but I know you've called me to be an introvert, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just be in the band and uh, like just be behind, backstage. I'll just, I'll just do that. And I believe that there's a few of you here, not just introverts, extroverts as well, that, that's, that's almost like to find yourself and saying, I can't do this. But if I look at who the disciples were and their job descriptions and their vocabulary and their, their literacy, I think you guys can. And more than not just literacy, It's not the best way to reason. But there's a commission that God has called every one of you to make disciples. There's a sending of that disciples to go into all nations. And the beauty of this is that there is nations around us. There is... I have the privilege to reach out to campus on, this, uh, on, on Wednesday, and there's this guy named Erskine, and he is from Rwanda. And uh, just a, a, a kind guy, as we were like, having conversation, him smoking, uh, just sharing the gospel, and he just he hasn't really slotted into a church here in, in, in Pretoria. And we have the privilege to reach nations in our city. But more than that, we have the privilege to go on mission. So I know there's a mission out now to, to Utrecht, um, that, that's making disciples in, in different nations. My call tonight here is Are you willing to follow? Willing to follow Jesus wherever He is calling you to? That you are following what He is doing? We can go back to those definitions. Are you following Jesus and are you doing what He is doing? Are you following Him in the sense of are you putting your attention and your focus on Jesus? Are you following him in a way that you are practicing the life of Christ? And are you following him in a way that you are acting like Jesus? And tonight I want to again make a call. I know a lot of you are making disciples. I know a lot of you are leading connect groups. We have over 600 connect groups across the city. where People are ministering weekly, discipling. But I also want to take time. We, we can play a bit of music if that is okay. Maybe close your eyes. Are you willing to pay the price? Is Jesus your first priority? And is Jesus... Person that you want to become? And then who are you becoming? Are you willing to take the Great Commission just again? Maybe you've been tired, drained, given up. And it's really not been a value for you, the value of discipleship. See, this is more than just reaching out to people, but it is discipling people to establish them in Christ, in faith, in freedom, to equip them to minister so that we can see a shift in our world, in our nation, and in our society. If you're here tonight and you are saying, I'm willing to count the cost, just again, disclaimer don't make that decision quickly, make it slowly. Consider the cost. If that is your want to invite you to make a, a physical act of, of stating this. And now I know what, what's happening in this room. should not be limited to this room, but there's going to be people around you that's going to see you. And you making that physical act of standing up and saying, I'm willing again, God. That is your honor. I want to invite you to stand. Are you willing to obey the great commission of discipleship? Spirit, I invite you into every heart that is here tonight. I come and pray into discouragement, God. And I pray a revival, a love for people, a love for you, God, a love for for ministering to people, to disciple people. Lord, I pray specifically into excuses, God. Excuses of maybe I need to first do this or excuses, but I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know what to do or I'm introvert. Lord, I pray into every excuse that we may have, God, and we just come and lay that at the feet of Jesus, saying we're not doing this for our own benefit or for our own um, value or purpose, but we're doing this for you, God, for you, Jesus, because you are worth it because you have paid the price. You've paid the penalty for everyone, not just those in this room. So I pray that as we minister and we know that you're with us, Lord, I pray that you would come and release gifts, come and release talents, Lord, so that we can be effective ministers in your harvest field, Lord, that we can be effective missionaries in our workplaces, That we can be effective missionaries in our razors, in our campuses, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that you said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given you. That we're not doing this alone, but we're doing this with your authority, but also with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.